this week we're gonna be talking about Drew Brees. Before we do that though, I want to I got some follow up questions from the draft episode. Just want to go over those real quick, kind of get your take on them, mm-hmm. and then we'll move into Drew Brees. So okay, we t- we kind of got into Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Do you think it would have played out the way everything played out if we had drafted Patrick Mahomes instead of Lattimore? Because if you got Mahomes and Breeze, like it's different for the Chiefs. They had Alex Smith, so it was very easy for them to go on to Mahomes. But we had Breeze. So if we draft Mahomes, the final three years of Breeze's career, I mean, do you think it plays out that way? Or do you think Breeze leaves and we go with Mahomes? Oh, I don't think Breeze leaves. I think Breeze would have retired I think this past season would have been the first season without Breeze. I think we Mahomes would have sat for a while, and then I think Breeze would have left one year early because he was going to leave that other year, this last year anyway, mm-hmm. and change his mind. So I think he'd have retired after that other season, and we would just be getting we would have just discovered Mahomes last year. We probably wouldn't have been as good, yeah, in 2018. Um, but you know that's all speculation, right? Because we miss out on. The knowledge of the years that Mahomes had before last year, the MVP year and the Super Bowl and all that, we don't get that if he's on the bench. Right. Already. So I mean, it's a lot, it's, a lot, it's fun to think about. Hey, we could have had Mahomes. Everything everything's different if we draft Mahomes. We don't. First of all, we don't get Lattimore, and then the Breeze stuff is different. It's all different. Yes. So, um, and then one other, another thing I wanted to go over is when we started talking about the Ricky Williams draft, you kind of said the Redskins didn't really uh, do a whole lot with the picks. So I just kind of wanted to go over what they did with those picks in 1999 or they traded down with Chicago and they drafted Cade McNown. Chicago drafted Champ Bailey with the, with the pick that would have been the saints. And then four years later, he ends up in Denver and then the bears also drafted Dwayne Bates and then Washington drafted Nate Stimson, Kari Samuel and Desmond Clark and Billy Miller. Those were the 99 picks the following year, they had the second overall pick and drafted LeVar Arrington, who was really the only player in that group of players that really did anything. And then the and third he round. he was okay. He was yeah. okay. He yeah. wasn't great. And then the third round pick in 2000 that they also got from the Saints was Lloyd Harrison, another kind of bust. So they didn't really do much. Yeah, with that pick. they didn't do much with it. And then the final question is, you said that Tony Galbraith was your favorite player. What's the best draft pick you think they've ever made? You kind of alluded to Marcus Colston a little bit, but... In your opinion, just what's the best draft pick? Well, the best ever? well, the best draft pick was Ricky Jackson. Okay, but but the best value was Jim Wilkes. Right. I think we talked about Jim Wilkes. Yes, I we think did. I think just because he was the twelfth round and started for even longer than Marcus Colson did, I think that's the best overall value pick. But you can't argue with Ricky Jackson in the second round. Gotcha. All right, this is the Drew Brees episode. I mean, it's probably going to be arguably the biggest signing in. Not only Saints history, but like NFL history. Many people say that. It's the the biggest biggest free agent signing in NFL history. January 15th, 1979. What were you doing on that day? January 15th, 1979. I was um, in the eighth grade. Okay. Who knows what I was doing? I mean, I have no idea. Well, that was the day Drew Brees was born. He was born in Dallas, Texas, January 15th, 1979. He was born to Chip Brees, who was a basketball player at Texas A&M. His mom was also a three-sport athlete in high school, and Drew didn't play tackle football until he got to high school. He also played baseball and basketball. He was considering baseball, but he tore his ACL, and uh, a lot of the schools stopped stopped recruiting him, so he continued to play football. His senior year, he played at Westlake High School in Austin. They went undefeated. He won a state championship. He threw for 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, 
and he had dreams to play at Texas or Texas A&M. Uh, those schools didn't come calling. Um, what do you think about that if he had gone to A&M or Texas? Do you think it changes anything at all? You know, I, I think he got help because he went north. You know, we were just getting out. You know, the Florida was doing what Florida was doing there with, with Spurrier for that. But the total air raid kind of seven-on-seven kind of football, like, like a, you know, the old-timers call it, it had not totally hit college football yet. So, you know, I considered him a 42-40 quarterback mm-hmm. when he was at Purdue. They played what I called 42-40 football. And I think that probably helped him. He got two offers out of high school, one for Kentucky, one for Purdue. He chooses Purdue. He started his sophomore year. He sat his freshman year, started his sophomore year, and immediately people said he was an NFL prospect. He finished fourth in the Heisman in 99 behind Ron Dane. He finished third in the Heisman voting behind Chris Winkie in 2000. Just think about those two guys. Chris Winkie. <laughs> so in 1999, after his junior year, he had a great year at Purdue, and there was a lot of talk about him leaving early. He was going to maybe leave as a junior. He was projected to be a first or second round pick. He didn't. He comes back to Purdue for his senior year, and they go to the Rose Bowl. Their first Rose Bowl uh, since 1967. They lost to Washington in the Rose Bowl. I wanted to ask you about the Rose Bowl because is that, was that ever a big deal for you, watching the Rose Bowl as a kid? I mean, we hear all these stories about the granddaddy of them all and all this stuff. Oh, absolutely. But, played but, at 345. I mean, you know, for years the Sugar Bowl played at 1 o'clock, and at, at 345 was the Rose Bowl. I mean, probably the most significant college football game that I can remember that wasn't UL or wasn't LSU because that's, you know, who, who I followed when I was young was was that 79 Rose Bowl between USC and uh, and Ohio State. Ohio State was probably, you know, that was just, that. you look at that USC roster, probably for those two years there was probably the most talented college football roster, talking about NFL talent ever. Right. And so, no, and I, yes, I never... Love beautiful field. I'm not a big California guy. Don't sure. get me wrong. Right. But I always thought the field was pretty and it's just great setting. Yeah. Big Rose Bowl guy growing LSU's up. LSU is going to play in the Rose Bowl this year. They're playing UCLA. That's, I it's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> yes. So he goes back to Purdue for senior season, senior season. They go to the Rose Bowl. And now it's time for the draft. 2001 draft. Let's get into where the Saints were in 2001. In 2000, they had just finished the first season of Aaron Brooks. The season began with Jeff Blake as the starter. Right. He started 11 games, and he broke his foot in Week 12, a loss to the Raiders. I remember that game. I also remember Jeff Blake. I was kind of excited when he came over for the Bengals. What was yeah. your thought no, about I, Jeff Blake? I like Jeff Blake because understand, for those previous seven years, it was it was terrible. You know, I've alluded to it many times in the last few years. I can rem- I still rem- I still have flashbacks to those seven years. I remember in those seven years, any time just a decent quarterback came available mm-hmm. or was supposedly rumored to be available, my first thought was always, should the Saints pick him up? Maybe he can help the Saints. And since they got, since 2006, every once in a while it'll happen, and I'll say, wait a minute. You know, it's kind of like waking up on Saturday morning. Oh, no, I got to go to work. No, no, I don't have to go to work. <laughs> oh, no, I got to go to school. No, I don't have to go to school. I can sleep late this yeah. morning. It's Saturday. Yeah. And that's kind of what it was like. It was like, oh, maybe the Saints should. We don't have to do that. We have Drew Brees. Like, yeah. what, what are we worried about this mediocre quarterback for? It, it, was, it, it's, it was a great feeling. It's a great feeling every time that happened. It's so funny you say that because the name that immediately came to my mind when you said that was Kerry Collins. Remember when the Saints got oh. Kerry Collins? It was one of those mediocre quarterbacks that 
you're just like, oh, we can get him. And they got him. And you're like, all right, cool. And it just ended up being. I mean, can you remember when feeling that like he Shuler might be a good idea? Absolutely. Like, you know what? That might work. He Shuler might work. Might be a good idea. Yeah, it was a bad time for quarterback in the Saints. But Aaron Brooks takes over in, in that 2000 season. He goes three and two in the last five games for the Saints. They finish 10 and six. They win the NFC West. Going to the playoffs, first ever playoff win. We'll get it. We'll go deep dive into that later on. You know, Jim Henderson going crazy. Hakeem drops the ball and all that stuff. It was great. We're going to do an Aaron Brooks episode later. I'm sure we'll go into that season and all that stuff. But heading into 2001, with Aaron Brooks just doing what he did, how are you feeling about the Saints' quarterback situation in 01? Are you feeling like this is the guy? Or? Great. I will. You know, because again, I, I I hate the 49ers who I call the cheaters more than most people do, especially Saints fans and. It's very possible that that victory at Cheeto Stick that year, I would rank as my number one Saints game of all time. This is like, I'd have to consider it. I, it would be on a short list. Now, I'm not talking about playoff games sure. or winning the Super Bowl. I'm talking about regular season games. It's possible for my top ten are in there. I mean, this isn't Aaron Brooks episode, but that one was great. So I was just riding high. I can still remember Ron Pitt saying, like, I'm not, like, you know, commentating that game and then being like, I, I'm not even believing what I'm watching here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did some incredible things that for that, and really that next year they had. I mean, his whole time he had games here and there where it was just incredible. We knew who Drew Brees was at the time. We had no idea who. I mean, we knew who Sean Payton was. That was the guy for the Giants who got stripped of his play calling right. duties at that time. But right. we had no idea about Drew Brees and Sean Payton five years down the road or six years down the road. So, I mean, we were coming off Billy Joe Holbert and Billy Joe Tolliver and Danny Werfel. And to me, I thought it was great. I was I was thrilled. Yeah, it was fun. It, it was it was definitely different from what we had been accustomed to over the yes. last few years so in 2001 the saints picked 23rd overall because they just got finished winning the nfc west they draft deuce McAllister in 01 my favorite saint of all time in my top five for sure of course at the time it was like okay they just did the ricky thing like what what, what, what what's mm-hmm. going on here? right ricky was weird it was very obvious to see i just thought deuce was great pretty player could catch could mm-hmm. do it all yeah the first overall pick in that draft in that the 2001 draft was michael vick the Chargers had the one pick. They traded. The Falcons take Michael Vick. What are you thinking when the Falcons take Michael Vick? I mean, he's not the he's left-handed. First of all, he's not the I'm prototypical quarterback. I want to tackle this guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, the whole time Michael Vick was there, you know, people. It's just like Cam Newton. Saints fans would love to make fun of him and all, but I mean, Michael Vick used to light us up. I mean, I had I had no. I, I don't like left-handed quarterbacks as a general rule, and I especially don't like short left-handed quarterbacks. <laughs> but And Michael Vick was a short left-handed quarterback, but I did not like trying to tackle him. Right. No, that was not fun at all. So Vick ends up being the only quarterback drafted in the first round that year. The Chargers had traded that pick to the Falcons, like I had said. They have the first overall pick. In the second round, they take Drew Brees. So in that, they trade down with the Falcons, get the fifth pick, trade draft LaDainian Tomlinson. They get Breeze in the second round. That's got to be one of the best draft day uh, moves ever. Incredible. And I remember when it was unfolding, and I remember people saying that, man, this could really be good. And it should have been good. Like, they should have been in the Super Bowl. Right. They just didn't. They just didn't. But they could have been in the Super Bowl. Now, again, at the time, I had not, I mean, 10 years later, I don't know if I had adjusted. But at the time, I certainly had not adjusted to 
this the NFL is about to really change, and we're still kind of undergoing that change where the college way of playing football is really more a little bit more in the NFL than it was in the '90s. That right. would not that was not the thing in the '90s. So, you know, I around that time I started talking about came up with the term 42-40 football. Right. And and Drew, Drew Brees, to me, at the time, was the poster child for 42-40 football. Mm-hmm. You know, I like big 6-3 kind of strong-arm quarterback, not this little guy who's just throwing the ball all the time. I would, I don't remember thinking, well, I hope the Saints get Drew Brees. I don't. Right. I never had that thought right. then. I, I didn't think a whole lot of it. He, went, he was going to the AFC, you know, oh well. Another short guy, he yeah. w- went over there um, – to back up was Doug Flutie. That's who he backed up in his rookie year. And you mentioned Kentucky. You know, Kentucky had just come off the How Mummy stuff. Tim, what was his? Tim Couch. Tim Couch. You know, I, I never thought he was going to be any good. I'm like, he's just one of them. He's just a taller 42-40 quarterback. Right. And Drew Brees is a short 42-40 quarterback. And neither one of them were going to make have big success in the NFL. That was my thought back mm-hmm. then. Flutie had quite an interesting career. He, he won the Heisman in 84. He goes to the USFL, then he goes to Canada, spent a few years with the Bills, now he's with the Chargers. Breeze is kind of backing up. Any thoughts on Flutie? Any remembrance of Flutie? Or? I mean, I remember his famous college play. I was right. I was at home and had a bunch of my friends, and they're like, come on, let's go play football in the front yard. And I just Something told me, hold on, let's just wait till the game's o- this game is over that we're watching, then I'll go. So I, for thankfully, I waited to wait to, and, and saw the play live, the, the famous play at Miami when he threw it to Phelan. And I, so I came running out, I got them all to come back in and see the replay because, you know, they showed it over and over and over again. So that's my memory of Flutie. <laughs> I stayed at home instead of going outside to play football a few more minutes, and I got to see the play live. So that was great. Breeze backs up Flutie in 01. In 02, they named Breeze the full-time starter. They started the season 6-1. and one. Did they go 2-7 and seven down the stretch, finish 8-8 eight and eight. in 2003? They breeze as a starter again. They start one and seven. He's replaced by Flutie. So you're not paying a whole lot of attention, I'm sure, to the Chargers. Did any recollection of what was going on over there? Breeze and Flutie back and forth. Any- Other than by that time, you know, I was married and I married into a Bronco family. I watched the game. I mean, I remember the game when he got hurt. I was watching yeah. it. But no, I didn't I didn't really keep up with it all. Moving on to 2004, very interesting year for Drew Brees. The Chargers draft Phillip Rivers fifth overall. The whole Eli Manning doesn't want to go to the Chargers. They they trade, draft Rivers. Rivers holds out his his rookie year. So Brees ends up being named a starter, has his best year ever. Goes for 3,100 yards, 27 touchdowns. The Chargers go 12 and 4. They win a division. Brees goes to the Pro Bowl. Chargers full con- QB controversy. They got Rivers, they got Brees. He's a free agent in 2005. Chargers franchise tag him. Comes back, has another good year in, in 05. Throws for 3,500 yards and gets to the final game of the season. Playing against the Broncos. New Year's Eve, week 17, final game of the season. He's pinned deep in his own end zone. He goes back to pass. John Lynch comes from the blind side. Fumbles the ball. He goes into a pile of players. Tears his shoulder. We all see the famous picture of him walking where he can't really move his arm. He's walking off to the sideline and all that stuff. They finish 9-7. and seven. Rivers comes in to close the game. They lose to the Broncos. Just think about the fortune. When you look back on it, what, how, no, at the time, I'm not thinking, boy, this is going to help the Saints down right. the road. You right. know? And I normally think everything about through black and gold. But I was not thinking, boy, this is going to help the Saints down the road. But in that 2004 season you were talking about, the Saints played them on the road. And I used that. There was a play in that game. The Saints threw a pass. And I think, it, if I'm remembering the details correctly, 
It was something to do with a tight end. Maybe Boo Williams was mm. Boo playing then with the yeah. Saints. Might have been, and 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 I think he caught the ball and they didn't give it to him. And and if he'd have caught him, I think the Saints could have maybe got back into that game, but they didn't. And then the, it just went downhill after that. Cause see, cause I, remember, I still had that mentality. Drew Brees, one of these forty-two. This guy ain't that good. Forty-two right. quarter, forty quarterback. It's not, you know, it's not real. Uh, he's not gonna have this great NFL career, and then the, and then that play made me mad. But at the end of the game, they beat the Saints forty-three to seventeen, and I remember thinking, mm, maybe, <laughs> maybe he's a little better than I'm giving him was giving him credit. So for. you are able to like kind of come around on things sometimes and kind of change your oh, change, change the way you think. I was a, I was a meat eater. Remember, <laughs> I mean, the first two years I would say of, of Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees, I was like. Let's run the football. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I grew to understand the value of salad eating. Yeah. So Breeze tears his shoulder. He goes to Dr. James Andrews, who's the famous orthopedic guy, repairs his labrum. Ton of question marks concerning his future with the Chargers. In football, is he ever going to play again? Despite the injury and having Rivers on the roster, the Chargers offer him five years, $50 million to come back. So they got Phillip Rivers they just drafted. Breeze's shoulder is destroyed. They offer him five years, $50 million. He's looking for a little more. Decides to test the free agent market. At this point, Breeze is a free agent. The Saints are coming off the awful year in 05. Katrina. Are you thinking Breeze to the Saints at this point? I don't remember saying, well, I want Breeze. You know, right around that time, they were talking about the Saints drafting a quarterback. We'll get to that. Matt Life. Yeah, we'll get to that. That guy was the worst ever. We'll but but uh, but no, I, w- I, don't, I don't remember having the thought, man, I hope they sign Breeze. No, I do not remember having that thought. So we mentioned the 2005 season. The Saints coming off that horrible Katrina year. They finished 3-13. and 13. They had the number two overall pick. And at this point, Reggie Bush is going to the Texans. So the Saints are not going to get Reggie Bush. So if you're looking at the draft, it's Vince Young, Matt Leinart, and Jay Cutler. All signs pointed to uh, Houston taking Reggie. That didn't happen. The Texans take Mario Williams, and we take Reggie. But at this point... Talking about February to early March 06 with those three quarterbacks in the draft. Any of them interest you? Or are you hoping the Saints take any uh, of them? The only one that, that interests me at all was Jay Cutler a little bit. Because I, I thought he had a big arm. but And and I had already kind of begun my, my philosophy of you don't want quarterbacks from big-time programs. So I wanted no part of Young or any of them guys. So Cutler kind of interests me. But no, I wasn't high on him. And at this point, we don't really know what Sean Payton's philosophy is as a drafter. We don't know right. what he's going to do. Is he going to try to come in and mold this guy? I'll be honest. I loved Matt Leinart. I thought I wanted Matt Leinart. I was big on Matt Leinart. And I, that's that was the guy that I wanted. I remember we had a sports editor named uh, Bob Heist. And I'm, he's talking about Matt Leinart in the draft. And I'm like, Matt Leinart is terrible. He goes, he's terrible. See, he's, you know, this great quarterback. But I, I said, Matt Leinart is terrible. Like, first of all, understand, I hate left-handed. Right, right. He didn't do anything other than the fact that he wasn't overly short. Like, he came from a big-time program, tons of talent all around him, and he was left-handed. Like, there was no way I would possibly like that guy. No way. Well, they ended up proving you right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes you're right. For yes. Every now and then, yes. you're right. So, in 06, Breeze gets courted by two teams, Miami Dolphins and Nick Saban, who's in his second year, Sean Payton, rookie head coach in his first year, with the Saints. The Dolphins are very concerned about the injury. Rightfully so. I mean, the injury is pretty bad. And they instead go with Dante Culpepper. And Dante Culpepper had a knee injury, but it wasn't as severe as Drew Brees's. 
Culpepper had all that success Culpepper with the Vikings. Had, ran in the two point conversion to beat the Saints 33-32 in the infamous end of that of the season. Do you think if Breeze goes with the Dolphins, did the Saints get Culpepper? It's possible, but that wouldn't have worked out very well. Why you say that? Yeah, it just wouldn't have worked out very well. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But prob- very possibly, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it was going to be either or. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Breeze meets with the Saints. Sean Payton and Drew Brees hit it off immediately. At this point, you're hearing the Saints are meeting with Breeze. You have all your preconceived notions of Breeze, but you've kind of come off of them a little bit. I remember exactly where I was. I was riding with my wife. We were on Broussard Road, about to get to the not far from where we live. And we were pull, about to pull up to the light when the news broke that, or I had heard for the first time that Drew Brees was coming to the Saints. And I looked at Michelle. I said, this could be it. She said, you always say it. You always say this could be it. I was like, this could be the turning point, our friend. I actually remember saying that this could be the turning point of our franchise, which you could say that about anything. Right. Could have said that about drafting Osama Young a year from then after that. <laughs> but I I have that natural optimism about my teams. And when they make moves like that, I just think I could see this working out. Right. Like I remember thinking Kerry Collins could work out like right. you had sure, said earlier. Sure. And so uh, and I was definitely high on Jeff Blake. So I mean, like, this could be it. Of course, at the time, we had no idea about Drew Brees'... I mean, we had heard about him, but we had no idea what kind of leader he was going to be. We had no idea what was going on behind all the great stories we've heard, like, of him riding around Hurricane Ravage, New Orleans, and Sean Payton thinking, oh, I just lost him because he's seen all that when actually the opposite was taking place. He was getting motivated. That was March 14th, 2006. I say that that should be a holiday in this state for you many years to come. Saints signed Drew Brees to a six-year, $60 million deal. You weren't concerned at all about the shoulder or the injury or anything like that? Well, I wasn't concerned about it in that, what was our option? Was I worried that, yeah, everybody, anytime you have an injury, you're worried. But I'm like, you know, the the year before, uh, what was his name from Minnesota was playing some quarterback. And we had no quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Todd Bauman. Ready to roll the dice. I mean, you weren't ready to roll the dice. We're coming off the Katrina season. We were rebuilding. We had a new coach. Yeah, he might be hurt, but if not, it might be good. At this point, I'm still on Matt Leinart. And I mean, I know that's a mistake in hindsight, but at the time, Reggie Bush was not an option. I mean, he was going to Houston. And so, I mean, if I had known that we were going to get Bush, then I'd have been all in on Breeze because I would have preferred Bush to Leinart. But I'm thinking we got the two pick, Mario Williams. He looks okay, but... We need a quarterback, and I got Matt Leinart, and I was really high on him. So I was, I wasn't, I want to say I was, I was upset. I was just more upset that now we're now we're not going to get Leinart, and Leinart's going to go on to have this, you know, Hall of Fame career, and we're going to miss out on him for the guy with the broken shoulder. Now, of course, mm-hmm. I was wrong, and that's fine. I'm no stranger to being wrong. Yeah, but you know, it ended up working out. So okay, so now Breeze is with the Saints, and we're on the 2006 magical year. All of the things that happened with the the game back in the dome. I'm sure we're going to get to the 06 season and cover it in depth a little bit. Saints finished 10 and six, get a first round by the first first round by they've ever had, right? Mm-hmm. And they go to the playoffs as a two seed. Um, they were three and 13 last year, and now they're 10 and six with a first round by. I mean, that is like a drastic change of fortunes for the for the franchise. Well, and looking back, it was a drastic change because how many times in Saint history and subsequently after that. They, they go 13 and three and they couldn't even get a first round pop. right and here they are 10 and six and the only reason they were 10 and six because the stupid NFL puts division games at the end of the game and they had to hand the game in, to the Arnolds that that year which still angers me 
uh, and it has angered me every time after that. But but no, they really were an eleven and five team. But still, eleven and five doesn't always get you a number two seed. Sure. Normally, it doesn't, and right. so it worked out worked out great. So he goes to the Pro Bowl in two thousand six, has a fantastic season. The Saints make it to the NFC Championship game for the first time. They lose to the Bears during that 06 season. The things that you're seeing, did you think 06 was like, wow, this is turning into something special? Like they actually have a chance to like go to the Super Bowl in 06. Well, no, I mean, I didn't know what they were going to do. We were still just in La La Land having a functional quarterback. You know, it was the the very first game. You get a new coach, you get a new quarterback, and we're thinking, what's about to happen? And it that first game was not really. A great indication right away that very first game of Drew Brees what we were in for with this offense in this in this quarterback head coach. In the first game he threw, he was 16 of 30 for 170 yards with one touchdown, one interception at Cleveland. Now, one thing we should have noted, the Cleveland Browns owned the Saints. And so they actually went to Cleveland and won. So that was an advantage. Because, I mean, that was a progress because normally they don't win. That never they never beat the Browns. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, again, he threw for 170 yards. I mean, there's not too many games Drew Brees threw for 170 yards in his career with the Saints, or mm-hmm. as few as 170 yards. Of course, the next week they went to Green Bay. He threw for 353 yards. So it didn't take long to see to get a little hint of what it was going to be like. But, no, it was, uh, you know, you could tell he just had a – he wasn't out there guessing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. He, he knew what he he had a plan. He was going to try to do it. And again, he had some bad games. I remember that game against Cincinnati that first year in 06. He was throwing some he threw some terrible passes. And he had the game in um at um in Orneville against Carolina early on. He 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 did not play well. Uh, you know, he's had some bad games. Every sure. quarterback's had bad games. No doubt. But uh but no, you could see that there was something fun about to happen. I'm in the boat of, well, this is it. I mean, this is it. Like, we made the championship game, so now we're going to take the next step and all this stuff. 07 and 08 didn't go quite as good. The Saints missed the playoffs both of those years. Breeze, though, continues to get better. He throws for 5,000 yards in 2008, the first time in his career, where you're starting to see what's going on. They've gone to the championship in 06. They missed the playoffs, but you see Breeze getting better. Now are you in this state of mind, all right, now we got to win the Super Bowl? Oh, definitely. After 2006... I, I remember writing a column and said, look, folks, I know y'all don't understand. Most of y'all probably don't understand this, but the Saints are about to have a medicine season. You go from Katrina to the, in the NFC Championship game, you're going to have a medicine season. I remember getting all kind of email. Oh, you're an idiot. You don't know. I'm like, look, folks, I, I'm as big a Saints fan as probably most of y'all, more than most of y'all, but we're going to have a medicine season. And, of course, they start out 0-4. What's a medicine season? Just for people that don't know exactly. Medicine season is my one of this philosophy I have that most teams, when you have your when when you haven't ever won anything big, or you get to a level that you've never been to before, or you hadn't been to in like generations, then that next year you're not gonna the the, the thought was oh we're only gonna get better. You're only going to get better. We did this. We're going to be better. That next year, no matter what you do, no matter who you add, or no matter how much you how much you try, you're going to take a step back. The next year is not going to be better. It's not going to be progress. You're going to take a step back. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be back forever. If you handle the medicines, you can make progress after that. But that next year, you, you're not going to go. You're not going to make progress. You're not going to go further than you just did. You're going to take a step back. Now, some some people is way back. 
Some people, it's just a little bit back. Like the year after they won the Super Bowl, they had never won a Super Bowl before, so they're going to have a medicine season. Well, medicine season for the Saints that year was 11 wins. That's a great medicine season. But then they lost at Seattle, a team that was 7-9. Everybody was like, how could this happen? Because you had a medicine season. That's not going to happen. I told everybody before it happened. That's why it was going to happen. That was easy. Now, it wasn't fun to go through at the time. That's what I was going to ask. Like, How was it for you going it's through It's not fun season. going through at the time. But when the game's either, when the when that game at Seattle was over, it was very frustrating. That game in Seattle, by the way, was very much like the 07-08 season. Threw for a bunch of yards, moved the football, mm-hmm. just just didn't win the game but I'm but after the game was over it was easy for me to rationalize I didn't worry about Marshawn Lynch and all that silliness. Right. I knew what had just happened and I knew they were fixing to be really good and of course the next year was the best team in St. History in my opinion they were just unbelievable do you remember 07 they started out 0-4 0-4 the first win was a Sunday night game at Seattle there was a block punt in Pierre Thomas Pierre there was Pierre Thomas he was just this Made the team as this undrafted free agent, picked it up and ran in for a touchdown on playing special teams. And they ended up winning that game. They won four in a row. They got to four and four. And then they played the other team that owns them, the Rams. <laughs> oh, the Rams were 0 and 8. Mark Bulger was I quarterback. That. I remember, remember we talked that. about Mark Bulger. And they came in and, 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 and beat the Saints. And it, 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 they never could recover after that. Even though they, if they'd have won that game, they, who knows? They might have made the play. When you're going through the medicine season and you know, I mean, you know you're in a medicine season. So, I mean, how do you cope with that? How do you, you just try it? to each game, you just try to win. You just try to win. You try to enjoy the wins. I, I still enjoy winning. See, I, it's like I'm different than most fans. Like, I want to win the Super Bowl, and I'm driven to win the Super Bowl. And in 2017 and 18, I was miserable. You know, I, I wanted to win so bad. And, and it's kind of to prove everybody wrong and to prove the national critics wrong and all the local critics. But I enjoy every victory. See, I still remember being awful in the 90s with no quarterback. I still remember the 70s and 80s. So coming off a championship game and flirting with 500, that's nothing compared <laughs> to being 2-11-1 and one and all this stuff, you know, from the 70s. I mean, right. people just... They, everyone's so, I call them their elitists. It's like, you know, that old silly philosophy that whoever finishes second is the first loser. I, I just don't buy that. Yeah. You know, I remember being one in 15 and awful. And so <laughs> eight and eight is not really that bad. Right. I remember having Mike Ditka as my head coach. Mike Ditka. Oh, we'll yeah. get to that in yes, a later. Yes, I'm one. sure but, we will. <laughs> I mean, I can put up with a lot when you compare it to having Mike Ditka as your head coach. So that takes us through 2008. They go to the championship game in 06, miss the playoffs in 07, 08. And now we get to 2009. Saints start 13-0. and They eventually finish 13-3 and because of the things you say where they got to give up games at the end. Awful. Breeze throws for 4,300 yards, 34 touchdowns. Saints earn the one seed in the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. Breeze is a Super Bowl MVP. And, you know, the Super Bowl, the 2009 season, we're going to do – Stuff on that, I'm sure in the in the in the future. But what do you think about the way Breeze played in 2009 and leading us to the Super Bowl? Okay, the thing that you said, he threw for 4,300 yards by Drew Breeze Saints offense standard. That's not really that many, right? In 07 and 08, the people who didn't like the Saints or anti Breeze, they just said that all he did was threw for a bunch of empty yards, and it didn't mean anything, and they weren't real. 
and they couldn't do it. And then after they did it, remember the criticism was they, uh, you know, they just did that because of Katrina and they'll never be good again. Well, they won 11 games the next year. They won 13 games a year after that. They had the best team in the league. They just didn't win. But 4,300 yards, what that means to me is they had a lot of short fields because they forced a lot of turnovers. They played football that year like the Patriots played when Tom, all the years Tom Brady was there and that constantly had short fields. They constantly, the defense was forcing, they forced like 30 turnovers that year. Mm-hmm. Was They had never, he had never played. Drew Brees probably didn't even know what to do with himself that year. He was constantly having short fields because of turnovers. It was it was so much easier. Everything wasn't, I got to drive 80 and 85 yards to score a touchdown every, you know, over and over. I mean, life was easy for him that year. It was, it was like set up on a pedestal and compared to all the other years and especially compared to how 07 and 08 was, so... He played great that year, but but that year was about the turnovers that the defense forced more than anything Yeah, to me. Uh, what about in the Super Bowl, the, the actual game itself? He was 32 of 39, 82% completion percentage in the, uh, in the Super Bowl, second all-time to Phil Simms in one of the Super Bowls he won. He throws for 288 yards, two touchdowns. Not That's not a, a big Drew Brees it was game. A, it was a patience. The Super Bowl was about his patience, not about his you know, being spectacular or flashy. If you go back and watch that game, it was underneath, 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 underneath. And that, you know, that goes to look at all his completions and only, but I mean, they just, it was a, it it wasn't about stats. It wasn't about empty stats. I don't think it's ever been about that with him, really. I I just think that's the way they they run their offense. He shouldn't have been the MVP. He's the quarterback on the winning team. So the quarterback on the winning team probably always wins the MVP. You know, and plus, you know me, I don't care about all that. MVP. Right. The Super Bowl MVP stuff's useless. I know you don't care about it, but like, who you think maybe Tracy Porter? Or, I mean, oh, he only he had the big play, but was he really MVP caliber? Like, if you if you were king of the world, who would you have named MVP? It's a great question. Because <laughs> that game, there wasn't a lot. They played well. They won the Super Bowl. But it wasn't like this great defensive game. Well, because a- really, you could argue the kicker. Hardly. I mean... He made three field goals of over 40-something yards, and their kicker didn't. Their kicker missed some kicks. Mm -hmm. And the defense let him drive up and down the field. You know, to your point, I mean, you you give it to Breeze because it was – Yes. Who else are you going to give it to? Right. And he did complete 87% of his passes. But, you know, he he didn't – what they did was he didn't make the big mistakes. Yeah. That's what he did. And sometimes that's how you win. You don't make the big mistakes, and Peyton did. And their kicker missed, and the Saints kicker made it. I've rewatched the Super Bowl, I don't know, maybe 10 times, and I I know the game by heart. Nobody stands out. Aside from the Tracy Porter play, that stands out, obviously. But his game overall was it was okay. But there's not a performance or a player where I'm like, all right, that guy, you know, he's the reason why the Saints won. And so giving it to Breeze, I think, no, is, I think that's fair. is default. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so, I mean, that's a special season. So now we're going on to 2010, the medicine season. Like you said, but Brees has a pretty good year. Saints make the playoffs. They lose to the seven and nine Seahawks at home. Medicine season. But didn't he throw for? It seemed like he threw for a lot of interceptions that he threw twenty two interceptions that season. Okay, but again, that's because the running game was not what it needed to be, and the defense certainly was not what it needed to be. And at the end of that year, that's why they drafted, in my opinion, that's why they drafted Superman Mark Ingram the next year because they just. They didn't want to have to go through another year without, you know, having a a running back. They wanted that running back threat. That was a year where you could argue, well, 
bounty gate year where you could say through for more MTRs. But also, that was a year where there was a lot on his shoulders. I mean, he had to do a lot. And um, it was just a medicine season. There was no reason to overanalyze it, I didn't think. 2011, he was just... But it wasn't just him. It was the offense was that good. Well, 2011, they drafted Jimmy Graham. Yeah. That was that was the thing that, I, in my opinion, kind of... Well, the year before the next they one. had him. His first year was Yeah, right. In f- your first year. Right. Yeah. In 2011, it was in year two. He wasn't a rookie tight end anymore. And it was, you know, their offense was... Th- th- their offense will never be that good again. That was one of the best, potentially the best offense in NFL history. The best season in Drew Brees' career numbers-wise, 5,476 yards and 46 touchdowns in 2011. Now, you're talking about a guy who has 80,000 yards for his career. And this is the season that he has the most ever. Graham has 99 catches for 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, they're on the same page. They're hitting it in stride. The Saints win the NFC South with a 13-3 and record, but don't get the bye. So 10-6 and in 06, you get the bye. 13-3 and in 2011, don't get the bye. The Packers and 49ers both got byes that season. It's it just awful. I mean, I, and I'll always say the word, that, that, that was the worst loss in franchise history. But, you know, Pierre got hurt early in that game uh, on a hit that, you know, if the Saints had done that in Bounty Gate years, they'd be saying, you know, you know, what, what they were trying to take him out. But anyway, uh, I, I was so impressed with the uh, breeze and the offense in that game because they had injuries. Uh, the defense was not playing well, and they just kept coming back. That touchdown pass, it would, look, if it wasn't for the a- absolute – mental anguish and pain of that game that was a great football game like way better than the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. I mean that was a great football game the Saints just didn't win and to go down and score that when he hit Graham on that long to give him the lead unbelievable I mean I I still get chills it was just unbelievable yes you know I said some really bad things about Greg Williams right after Jimmy Graham caught that touchdown pass in that, cha- you know, kind of like challenge him, he better come through. And, of course, they didn't come through. They choked. Still but, hate Vernon Davis. Um, but, but no, I would, that was unbelievable. I mean, they, look, there are people who don't like Drew Brees. And I would not call myself a Drew Brees lover, even though I love Drew Brees. Like, I don't have a Drew Brees jersey. I would never wear a Drew Brees jersey. That, w- that will never happen. Right. And I'm just, I'm. it's kind of like a badge of courage. It's like. To me, obviously, there are tons of people out there who wear Drew Brees jerseys that went through bad years in the set, all the bad years in the 70s and 80s, and are real Saints fans. There's no doubt in my mind that many of them do. But to me, in my mind, I can't shake the fact that there's an impression for some like me who, if you wear a Drew Brees jersey, will you rep, you, you, you pull for the Saints when they're good. You know what I'm saying? That Definitely. There's just a perception out there, and I just I can never get that out of my mind. So I don't have a Drew Brees jersey. Never plan on wearing one, but I love Drew Brees. I, mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, people criticize. I love what he did for the Saints. Again, I'm a team guy. I'm not a player guy, but there's no arguing what Drew Brees has meant to the meant to the franchise. And so, at the end, these last couple of years, when people were criticizing, I'm like, no, I don't want to trade Drew Brees. I don't want to draft a new quarterback. I want to ride him. And when he finishes 
playing, then we'll pick up and leave off, which is where we're at right now. Right. We'll pick up and move on. This is it played out exactly like I wanted it. It's kind of crazy that it did because it played out exactly like I three wanted or four it. years ago. I remember calling your radio show and you and I had a discussion about it on the air and I was ready to get rid of him. Not, not necessarily get rid of him, but just no more big contracts, no more spending a lot of money for him. And you I remember I remember say, saying it and you just said one word to me. I, I said, is this the last contract we ever give him? And you're like, why? <laughs> that's all you said <laughs> and you were like no i want to play him till his arm falls off yeah and, and i mean it ended up working out exactly like like, like I th- you know we have a mutual friend who used to tell me he, drew Brees is not gonna finish his career in new orleans and i'm like yeah he is he, he said that like joe namath didn't and joe montana didn't and you know he named off of because this is different like drew Brees in the city of new orleans is unlike any relationship between an athlete in a community or region that in any sport ever mm-hmm. i mean there's never been one the joe namath in new york you can name whoever you want it's the most it's different it's a different relationship there's a different bond the relationship is different than any athlete city relationship ever i think and so i never thought he would play for anyone else and didn't want him to and i it played out, like you said, exactly mm-hmm. like I wanted. Now, I wanted to win the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Should have got to the Super Bowl. No doubt. But, but you know, you could argue more than once. But but it didn't happen. But as far as sticking with him and whenever he, you know, and look, some people say, oh, he shouldn't have been there last year. And we might have wanted to, you know, if they'd have put Jameis in or put whoever in, they might we might have beat the Buccaneers. Maybe so. Very, very likely we'd have beaten the Buccaneers because the Saints were better than the Buccaneers. But you know what? That's all part of it to me. It, it it all fit in my plan of you ride him until the end, and when he hits the, and he's ready to, to white flag it and move on with his life, which he has the right to do, I'm ready to move on. I, I have no regret on any of that stuff because it all played out exactly like I wanted it to. You got to kind of give him the, I don't know. I mean, I know at the end of the day we want to win the game, but give him that courtesy of being able to go out on his I got and, I got no issues with what they did. I, I, I understand the criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's and you could argue again. You could say, and it's not about being a. See, I'm a team guy, not a player guy. But to me, that's not even being a player guy. That's just part of this process. That was part of the process. He came in. He he helped resurrect the city. He helped resurrect, and he did that to the very end. He, he he didn't just do it initially to try to get past Katrina. He's he's constantly trying to help the people in New Orleans and the right. state, and so. I was. I'm totally cool with the way everything worked out. Not the results, but I'm cool with the way it worked out in terms of Breeze. I have a Drew Breeze jersey. It's my Twitter. My Twitter profile is me and a Drew Breeze jersey. Yes, I, I, I see it many I times. I bought it. I bought it um, for the Mardi Gras. So the Saints won the Super Bowl, and Mardi Gras was like, I don't know, maybe a week or two after that. And I was riding in the parade on a float, and so I bought. I made sure I bought the white jersey because that's what they wore in the game. And it had the Super Bowl patch on it. So I just made sure that I was very authentic because they had a lot of black Saints jerseys with the patch. And I was like, they didn't wear the black jersey in the Super Bowl. They wore white. So that's the only reason why I have a Drew Brees jersey because I was riding a parade float, whatever. <laughs> just, just kind of just. No, and again, I, I, I know that there are thousands probably. There's a ton of them, people who wear Drew Brees jerseys who are real Saints fans, but I just can't take that chance. So that takes us through 2011. The following year is 2012, which is a very infamous year in Saints history. That's the year that Sean Payton was suspended. The Saints and Breeze get into sort of a, 
a contract dispute kind of kind of gets bitter. Brees holds out um, thus far in his six seasons in New Orleans. He's never thrown for fewer than 4,300 yards. He has 201 touchdowns. He also has a Super Bowl championship. He's coming off 2011, which was the best season of his career. The holdout finally ends. He signs his first contract extension, July 13th, 2012, five years, 100 million. The contract included the largest amount of guaranteed money in NFL history at the time, $60 million, $40 million in the first year. It seems like a lot of money, but the things that he's done, he kind of deserves yeah, I got, Again, I got no issues with any of that. I, I remember all the times that he held out and people were, I, I just, I never... That's the kind of stuff I don't ever worry about. I just I always had faith that him and the franchise would work it out and 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 he would do what's best for everybody involved and it would work. I I really never fretted any of that stuff. Oh, Breeze is going to leave and he's going to Dallas and Peyton's going to all that silliness. I I just never bought any. I never worried about any of that stuff. Were you like uh one of these, you know, blank check, give him whatever he wants or were you worried at all? about re-signing guys like Jimmy Graham. I mean, $20 million a year doesn't seem like a lot now. The guys are making 40, but back then it was a lot. And at the time, Jimmy Graham was like part of the future. He ended up getting traded, but like that's who I was worried about losing him. Were you worried at all? Well, you're always worried that you could lose someone, yes. But I also, by that time, had begun to say, you know what? The Saints brain trust kind of has an idea of what they're doing. Yeah. Like. You know, I don't remember when it was, but it was probably right around that time, probably 11. I was like, "They, you got to just trust them. Trust them. them. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm, I don't, that doesn't mean I like everything they do, but in the end, I'm, I'm like, oh man, this is awful. You know, you, you, I, we know what it's like when you feel like you're part of a sinking ship. I never felt that way. You know, I always felt like, yeah, even when they made mistakes, that this is not a sinking ship. And even when I disagree with him, not a sinking ship. So they earn trust. Do you feel like Drew maybe used the whole Sean Payton thing against the team? Do you leverage him? Or do you think it all just went kind of according to plan? Because, I mean, if they had not signed Drew Brees, I don't think they would have survived another PR hit. They head coaches out. Now you don't yeah. sign Drew. I mean, I wouldn't put anything. Drew is a businessman. He's a lot of things that are really good, but he's a – Ruthless businessman, so I wouldn't put any of that past him. And again, I don't. I wouldn't think any less of him because of it. If if that kind of stuff came up in negotiation, that's the business side of the game that I don't worry about. The 2012 season, the Saints go seven and nine. Breeze has an amazing season stats wise: fifty one hundred yards, forty three touchdowns. A lot was made of Breeze being coach on the field and and all these things like that. And and during his career, they they would bring that up a lot. This was the season for him to be coach on the field with Sean Payton out. What do you think about the 2012 season and how Breeze was? Well, it was, you know, he had to carry so much. And their defense was just absolutely awful. And, you know, he just, again, that's the difference between, you know, we talk about game managers and, and, and quarterbacks who are able to carry an offense, like a Teddy Bridgewater. He's just not, he can't carry when... When McCaffrey got hurt last year, he's not capable of just putting a whole offense on his shoulders where everything goes through him. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just he's that just makes you not elite elite. Mm -hmm. And Breeze had to, you know, the whole offense was on him. I mean, everything was on him. It yeah. was and he put up great numbers and they had a and they scored a ton of points, but you can't win big as a team that way. And we knew that going in. Right. I mean, we, we knew that. But the next year was the forgotten season. Right. 
You call it the forgotten season. Brees throws for 5,000 yards again, 39 touchdowns in 2013. Graham has his best year in 2013. Saints go 11-5. and They make the playoffs. They win their first and only road playoff game in team history at Philadelphia. Tell me why you refer to this as the forgotten season. Because so many people have this idea that once Bounty Gate happened, all the Saints were no good anymore. And so many people have the idea, well, you know, the Saints were just good because, you know, all that silly Katrina stuff. No, it wasn't just the Bounty Gate year didn't kill the Saints. The next year they were pretty good. And remember, they played with Seattle about as good as anybody. Seattle was really good then. And they got beat up in that regular season game. But they, if, if Ingram doesn't fumble, who knows what would have happened in that playoff game at Seattle. So I thought that was a great year. And I think a lot of people, when they think of the Saints, they just forget about this season. Mm-hmm. They kind of feel like the Bounty Gate ushered in those three years of seven, seven and nine. And, and they forget that they there was a really good season in the middle of all that. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, that's it. That's the forgotten season of 2013. And I, I always like that you kind of called it that because it's exactly what it is. Because exactly what you said. You go from 2012 with Bounty Gate to the 2014, 2015, 2016 seasons, all three years. The Saints go 7-9. and Breeze's stats always consistently good during these years. Uh, they lose a lot of close games. In 2015 is when Jimmy Graham leaves. They trade him to Seattle for Max Unger. I wasn't upset about that. How about you when it happened? Well, it had gotten to the point where he had made Breeze, in my opinion, a lesser quarterback. Breeze took a step back. Breeze was, had gotten to the point where he was just throwing the ball up to Jimmy Graham. That is not the way Drew Brees plays quarterback. He had always been, it didn't matter who he's throwing to. He's throwing to the open guy. At least that's what we said, and, and I believe. But it had gotten to the point when, where he had this great weapon in Jimmy Graham. And all. He, if you go back and look at these games, he threw an, a lot. He threw more bad passes into double and triple coverage. Just went in doubt, throw it up to Jimmy Graham, which you can kind of understand. But I thought he regressed as a quarterback because of how good Jimmy Graham was. So I was fine when, it, when that happened. You have a lot of theories about the seven and nine seasons. If you win a game here or there, you go from seven and nine and nine and seven. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts overall on those three seven and nine seasons. And since this is the Drew Brees episode, how you think Drew played in those seven and nine seasons? Yeah, I think Drew did fine. Drew was not the problem. Their defense was miserable. They obviously had a lot of bad characters. And you know, going coming out of that the forgotten season, if you go back and look, a lot of people were picking the Saints to go to Super Bowl that year. A lot of people. Because they looked so good at the end of that season. And they really took it to Seattle uh, physically. And yet, the way it worked out, they they had not drafted well enough. And the dra- the la- bad drafts caught up with them and just no defense. And um, the first two 7-9 seasons, the only reason they were 7-9 was because of Drew Brees. Really, that's just the way it is. That's yeah. the only reason they were 7-9. Those were 4-12 and 12 seasons. Three and thirteen seasons that Drew Brees made seven and nine seasons, and the people that hated Drew Brees at that time, they were like, "You see," but it wasn't a criticism of Drew Brees; it was a criticism of the defense and all the bad eggs that they had. Those were for most franchises; those were four and twelve seasons that he made seven and nine seasons. Now the third one, they were really, in my opinion, and I said it then and screamed and hollered, and everyone said no, and they wanted to move on. That third 7-9 season, they were really in an 11-win team. They were, that year, what Tampa was the year, not this past before year, but the year before. Before they got Brady. You know, the, the 30 interception season. Now, the difference is 
Peyton, I mean, Drew was not going to throw 30 interceptions. Right. They were really a good team. They just lost heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak game. And the Saints really were an 11-win season. And Tampa was probably a 12- or 13-win team two years ago that just got thrown away with stupid interceptions and bad luck. And so I was not surprised at all in seventeen when they when they turned when they turned you know had a good year. Despite the fact of what you're saying, there was just a lot of talk about maybe moving on from Breeze and Peyton. That people calling in your radio show and all that stuff, and you're hearing the chatter. Why? Why? I mean, Breeze was very consistent, playing well, but people were just ready to move on. Was it just looking at the record? I mean, why were people just so ready to move on? This is like this is 2016. That's well because it was what you had said a little while earlier. He's making all this money, so that's why the team is bad because Drew's making all the money and they cannot. But they, but it wasn't that. It's just that if they had drafted well, then he would still be making that money, and they'd have good player, better players around him. They just drafted poorly and made some awful free agent moves. So when you do that for a year or two, you can get yourself in in trouble depth wise, and they had right after that they had the famous you know a couple good drafts and. It, Suddenly, Drew Brees was still making a lot of money. He was still making too much money for some people. And yet, because they had drafted well and made better free agent signings, they were winning. So starting at 2017, to me, this feels like the last four years, the final act. Like, you know, he has the he has the beginning act up to the Super Bowl, up to the 2011 season. Then you have the, the middle act to kind of the seven and nines. 2017 begins the final act of his career. Um, they have the great draft in 2017. They, where they get Lattimore. They get Kamara. Uh, they get Michael Thomas the previous year in 2016, and uh, and he starts to really come into his own in 2017. Breeze is still playing well. We start to see a decline in his numbers, 4,300 yards, 23 touchdowns, but, he, but he's still playing well. They make the playoffs. They get to the divisional round. They lose the Minneapolis miracle. We won't get into that. We'll get into that maybe later, but you're still all in on Breeze after 2017? Yeah. Again, his stats are down because they're playing defense, and they're winning in a different way. Like, they're winning differently. Was that the year that was that the year that they lost to the Vikings in the very first yes. game? Yeah, yes. the Adrian uh, Peterson so, game. He threw a pass to Tommy Lee Lewis in that game, really far, and completed it. And so, I still think the lack of arm strength and how that dictated our offense was overblown. Then now, in the in the it was overblown the year after that. By this past year, you could tell it was. It was different. Mm-hmm. The last two years, I think it was really different. But those first two years in 17 and 18, I don't, I don't think that was the problem with the offense when it had issues. I don't think it was. I, I I was still perfectly fine with it. He signs a contract extension in 2018. Two years, $25 million per year. The Saints have a magical 2018. They get the number one seed, a first round bye. Brees has uh, under 4,000 yards that year, but he would have got 4,000. He had to sit in week 17. That was the game that Bridgewater came in. In 2018, this is the year he breaks Peyton Manning's all-time passing record. Monday Night Football breaks the record, 71,940 yards. The Saints were playing Washington. They win 43-19. Saints go to the NFC Championship game against the Rams, the ending of that game. But the 2018 season, Brees breaks the record. They're the one seed. It's kind of a magical season. It was, but if you go back and look, the defense, the offense, and I don't know if I don't think it was Drew's fault. Who knows whose fault it was? The offense was not playing well at the end of that regular season, and didn't play well in the in the playoffs. They were very fortunate to beat the Eagles. Very fortunate. They did not play well. 
I don't know what was wrong. I think a lot of people had the theory that Drew was getting up in age, and so his performance went down towards the end. I guess you could argue that. I, I didn't really believe that. But the, the offense, for whatever reason, they were not Chris. It was not, you know, th- they did that in 17 and in 18, where at midseason it looked like they were just unbelievable. Even this year, you know, the Tampa game in Tampa was around midseason, and they, it was like, man, remember that game? And yet we didn't realize, but it was kind of the beginning of the end right. this year. And there were several situations like that that offensively, they, they they just faded late. It's too convenient to say, oh, that's because Drew Brees is old. I don't really know that that was it, but there's no question that the offense was not operating at a at a really good level at the end of those seasons. So heartbreaking loss in the championship game, but we're still feeling like the window is open, if you will. And 2019, this is the year that Brees turns 40. So, you know, 40-year-old quarterbacks, I know you're saying age doesn't play into it, but he's getting older. He's getting up there in age. The Saints are still playing well, trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Things tend to happen when you turn 40. Breeze gets hurt. His hand hits Aaron Donald's hand on a follow-through. In the first quarter of week two, Breeze tears a ligament in his thumb. He's out for five games. Saints lost that game 27-9. I saw you the next day. We were at a press conference at UL. I was doom and gloom, man. What were you thinking when it happened? I was... I mean, I was doing a Facebook Live that game, and I just remember screaming, and it was just, it was awful. But I, but again, by that time, like if that had happened in 2012, 2013, even 2011, the 2011, the defense was good, it just didn't force turnovers. But that had happened in 12, 13, or 14, the team, that they would have been really bad. The offense would have been really bad. I still think they had a hope then because by that time the defense had become pretty good and it wasn't all about the passing game. It wasn't. And so, you know, it's always depressing when you lose your quarterback, especially one like Drew. But, no, I think that the team was was better around him so they could handle it. And it that game at Seattle, I still want that's, that's, yeah. was That was awesome. I, obviously, we were both thinking kind of in the same boat, but we I couldn't have any idea that Teddy would come in Teddy Bridgewater comes in, wins all five of his starts. The Saints are now 6-1 and one, uh, heading into the Cardinals game. A week before the bye, Breeze comes back and plays in that Cardinals game. I mean, I'm kind of thinking he rushed back. What were you thinking he rushed I, back? I did not like him coming back. I agree. I did not like him coming back at all in that game. But, but the thing about Drew that, you know, he's totally driven. There's so many times over the years I'm like, the Saints are way up or way down. I'm like, why is he playing? In, why, why is he in the game right now? Why is he in the game right now? But that was Drew. I mean, there was when you have someone as determined as he is, there's going to be most of it's great, but there's going to be some downsides to it. And that's one of them. He just likes to play. He always did. He just likes to play. You know, I think by that time he was thinking he was getting to the end. In fact, I think he was really thinking that might be his last season. Yeah. I think he was really thinking that at that time, that that might be his last season. And so he wanted to play. They make the playoffs again in 2019. They play the Vikings. Breeze does not have a good game. 26 of 33, 208 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The interception uh, was in, on third down inside the red zone. Some guy named Harrison Hand picks it off. Just a, a really bad pass. Uh, but that whole game was about the, 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 the middle of the offensive line did not protect. And even with all of that, they had the maturity to be in position to win the game. He just fumbled on a bull rush up the middle because the interior offensive line was not good. And the bull rushed up the middle, and he fumbled. Even if he gets sacked and doesn't fumble right there, I still think they win the game. 
So this takes us to the off season uh, between 19 and 20. The previous contract, I was thinking we don't need to, we don't need to resign him, and they resigned him, and it worked out. On this one, going into 2020, I'm like, you have to resign him. They, I mean, they had no choice. They had to resign. That was the only chance to win. Is that how you feel? Yeah. No, I agree. I think you know, I always wanted to resign him, but right. yeah, absolutely, I agree with you there. So they signed him for two years, 50 million, the same amount of money they already had him for. He gets hurt again, breaks his ribs in week 10 against the 49ers. This time we turn the offense over to Taysom Hill. Going to going with Hill instead of Winston. I know that we were all thinking it was going to be Winston. They end up saying Hill's going to be the guy. What did you well, think? Well, I, I, I freaked out. I had a meltdown. <laughs> not because, you know, I still feel that way. It, it, I'm not as anti, I call him Batman, Taysom Hill, as a lot of people playing quarterback, I just want Batman to be Batman. Exactly. I still want Batman to be Batman. Yes, I don't yes. like hearing all this stuff about a, he's going to train as a quarterback. And I know that he won't, he think looks itself as a quarterback and he has to train or a quarterback to be able to compete as a quarterback. All of that makes sense. And that's fine as long as you can still be Batman if right. Jameis is a starting quarterback next year, like, like me and a lot of other people are thinking. So I don't like that at all. By this time, Breeze is the Breeze is not carrying the offense anymore. Even if he's playing, he's not carrying the offense anymore. It mattered, but it didn't matter as much as it would have in 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 because Breeze was carrying the offense back then. He's not carrying it anymore. So I don't think it, it we some people probably overplayed it is what I'm saying. They were a team, not a Drew Breeze thing. The Saints go 3 and 1 in Hill starts, but the loss Really bad loss to the Eagles. That actually ends up being uh, the difference in getting a bye and, and going to the playoffs the way they did. It was a bad loss, but I, I still think the coaching was not good in that game. And it was the third road game, and a lot of teams lose that third road game And when you play three road games in a row. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the defensive game plan was not good, and I didn't think the offensive game plan was all that good. I, I think, there, you know, obviously everyone blames the quarterback when you lose, but I didn't think that was all on the quarterback. Breeze comes back. They dominate the Bucks in, in in one of those games that, that he plays in. They get to the playoffs. They beat the Bears in the first round. Get the Bucks again in the playoffs. That whole beat a team three times thing. I don't really buy into that, but it, it kind of reared. I don't its think head. that's what happened. I just think that they were minus four. I mean, <laughs> you just can't. You can't only beat any NFL team minus four, especially a playoff NFL team. I thought they outplayed them most of the game. I don't think. Tom Brady played that great. Drew didn't play that great. One defense forced turnovers, four turnovers, and they don't. I think if the Saints are minus two, they win the game. The Saints were better than them. They just lost the game because minus four loses games. It's just that simple. So the Saints season comes to an end, and Bree signed a two-year extension in 2020. So that would take us to the 2021 season. He just kind of lingers. Is he going to retire? We're all thinking he's going to retire. He doesn't retire. Other players are retiring. What are you thinking about all this stuff when he's not retiring? He's not announcing it. I mean, what do you I thought? It was they were just he was trying to do what was best for the franchise, and it worked out that way. And he had already decided that he was gone, and I didn't really think much of it. Really, I mean, I everybody people were trying to you know, he's going to come back, and I, I never believed any of that stuff. I, I I think he he had already made up his mind that he was gone. They were just doing what was best for the franchise, and I think that's what they did. He signed that deal with NBC to be the announcer. That was before the 2020 season. You think that played into it at all, or maybe? Or I mean, it's a pretty good way to stay in the game yeah. and make a lot of money. Yeah, no doubt. It made it easier, I would think. 
What would you be thinking right now if he had not retired and he had come back to play the 2021 season? I mean, we saw him decline last year, but if he had come back, where would you be? Would you be okay with it? It would fit into my, I'm going to ride him into the end. And at that point, I would be really questioning it, but I would be thinking, he has to know he can do this. And Peyton has to know he can do this. But you know what? I think the Saints are ready to move on. And I think Breeze knew that. And I think Peyton knew that. And I just don't think it, it really was realistic that he was coming back because he was not going to play for someone else. Right. That, that was never going to happen. I think they all knew that when the season started, that was going to be his last year. So Drew Brees retires. He uh, finishes with 80,358 yards. As we are recording this, he's the only quarterback with 80,000 yards. Now, Tom Brady has 79 and change, and he's going to play next year, so he's probably going to get to 80. But right now, Drew Brees has 80,358 yards. 571 touchdowns to 243 interceptions. His legacy to me was never about stats, even though some people look at it about stats. I don't care about MVPs or no MVPs or any of that stuff. I mean, I'll argue all day about the the people that compare him with Brady and Rodgers because I think people misanalyze how much of a pleasure cruise Brady's Tom Brady's entire career was and Aaron Rodgers to some extent. But it's never about stats. It was about hope for a community, hope for a region, hope for the the great leader that he was that helped the Saints have a chance to win just about every year he was there. I mean, they, you know, what would the worst record he ever had was seven and nine. You know, it was just about hope and being a leader. And his entire career was making, when, like the story I told about driving up to the red lights and t- telling Michelle, my wife Michelle, this could be it. I mean, this could be it. I, I just think it was all about hope. That's all. It, that's what it was all about. I, I don't care about numbers. When he goes into the Hall of Fame, I'll cry. And it has nothing to do with that I'm this big Drew Brees fan. It's because of what he did for my franchise that I've been pulling for my whole life. It was just, it's just, it's all about team, but it's about what he did to make the team good. I know we're in hindsight now, we're looking at what he did and, and appreciating it and everything. But I mean, before he came, things like he accomplished and things that the team accomplished during his time were unimaginable for Saints fans. For me, I just never thought that we would go through this. If you're a little bit older than me, you went through some things before I went through. Were you this in the same boat where you were like, this franchise is really never going to get it done? Or did you always kind of have the hope? Well, I always had some hope. For me, in terms of could they make it to the Super Bowl, when the Falcons made the Super Bowl, what was that, 98? 98 against 98, the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. I remember going home that night, watching them celebrate and said, the Saints can make the Super Bowl. Because like, the Saints and the Falcons, to me, are the same franchise. Very similar been very you know they came in about the same time they've been through a lot of the ups and downs uh, to me the Saints and the Falcons are the same franchise so if the Falcons can make the Super Bowl that night I knew in my heart the Saints could make the Super Bowl but again how the details were going to work out you know Drew Brees was still at Purdue then you know who knew I was going to happen but yeah from then on I believed that it could be it was realistic from a big picture standpoint but I never knew that they would have like the fancy offense and be the the Saints were a destination franchise, and in many ways, still they still are a destination franchise. Right. And so, I never thought that would be the case. No. Anything else you want to add to the Drew Brees conversation, or the- again, we could sit here and argue all day about comparing him to the greatest. I, I again, I'm not like this big Drew Brees apologist. I'm not a huge. I wouldn't say I'm this diehard Drew Brees fan. 
in my mind, I'm not sure Drew Brees would have been a great quarterback in the 70s, but that doesn't matter to me. Again, it's never been about the number. I, I will argue against other quarterbacks and say he's overrated. I don't know where to put Drew Brees historically. Mm. Really, I, I'm, I don't have a strong passion. Oh, he's the best quarterback ever, or the third best quarterback ever. All I know is, is he was the one that helped save the franchise, helps rebuild the region. Think about all the happy days we had because he was our quarterback. No doubt. And because he played, he was the quarterback of a of our team that had a chance to win. That's that's all I care about. I think he sums up the story that you told earlier today where you said, you know, all of the quarterbacks that would come on the free agency market, you instantly thought, oh, the Saints could get him, the Saints might get him, the Saints should get him. For the last 15 years, we didn't have those thoughts at all. And that's all because of Drew Brees. Awesome. Good deal, Foot. Yep. 